Happy birthday, Swerve Church. Guys, you, re- you have reached your terrible twos. You're in your terrible twos. You're a toddler now. Congratulations. But seriously, um, I'm so excited to share in this moment with each and every single one of you. You know, honestly, honestly, if you were to ask me, right, uh, two years ago, if we would have made it to this point, I would have answered you and I would have said, you know, honestly, I don't even know if we'll make it to next Sunday. But here we are, by God's grace, we've reached it to year two. God has brought us this far and we're celebrating our second birthday. And can I just add that there's no one else that I'd rather celebrate our two-year birthday with than with each and every single one of you. In fact, there'll be no Swerve Church if it wasn't for you guys. And for that, I'm infinitely grateful to God for all that he has done. I'm so encouraged that for some of you, you have decided to call Swerve Church your spiritual home. And that means so much to me. And I'm forever, forever grateful. The past two years, guys, as you can imagine, has been full of a lot of ups and downs. It's been a roller coaster ride for sure. Those of you that have been here since before we even launched know exactly how true that statement is. But it's also been full of a lot of victories and a lot of uh, wonderful things to celebrate, things that God has blessed us with. And as a church family, we simply have so much to be thankful for. And we also lie in expectancy for what God is going to do next because he's an awesome and gracious God. And so I wanted to use today as a, as a reminder, as a refresher, to remind us all of what exactly Swerve is all about. It can be so easy to drift away from what we originally set out to accomplish, right? Um, so it's important that we continually revisit the basics. What is Swerve is all? What is Swerve all about? What is it that we're trying to accomplish? In addition, a lot of you are new to the Swerve family. And by the way, welcome. Welcome to the Swerve family. You're a welcome addition here. And we're so glad that you joined us. Now listen, some of you, you are fully devoted followers of Christ. You surrender to the Lordship of Jesus. You're a Christian and you were just looking for a spiritual home to be a part of. Hey, you are welcome here and I'm so glad that you are. Others of you, you haven't quite stepped over that line of faith. You haven't quite put your faith in Jesus yet. You know, maybe you, you're seeking, you have questions, you're interested. Or maybe you just like the bagels and the coffee and you come for that and that's all right. Because you are welcome here as well. From the very beginning, Swerve set out to be a life-giving, gospel-centered church, not just in the community of Bushwick, but for our community. We didn't want to just be another church that's in this neighborhood, but for this community. And our mission as a church is printed on the back of your bulletin shelves absolutely every single weekend. I don't know if you guys have noticed that. Our mission is there, but it's also up here on the screen. And I would love for you guys to say it out loud with me so we can remember what this is. Some of you have it memorized. And some of you have it tattooed on your body somewhere or whatever. But let's, uh, let's, let's say this out loud. This is our mission as a church. You guys are ready? Let's read it with birthday enthusiasm. You ready? Go. To lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. What is our mission? To lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. This is what we're all about. We're all about leading people to Jesus because we truly believe that not only can you experience a wonderful life in heaven and eternity in heaven one day where there'll be no more tears, there'll be no more pain, there'll be no more sickness, and we'll be in heaven in the presence of God, but also that you can live your best life now in Christ. And so to accomplish our mission, there's been three things that we've set out to focus on. These three things are kind of our guiding principles, our value as a church. And this is a great time for you to take out your message notes because there's some fill in the blanks there. By the way, I'm talking really, really fast because I have a lot to say. So I'm going to talk really, really fast. You guys got to keep up. And I want to keep you guys here on time. I want to go on time. All right. So here's the three things that we focused on. Take your pens out. Write them down. There's some fill in the blanks in your notes. Is this. That we will love God, love people, 
and serve our community. What are the three things that we're going to focus on as a church? We will love God, love people, and serve our community. By the way, our mission and our vision and values as a church, we get it straight from the pages of Scripture. In fact, today for the rest of our time, we're going to look at just a few verses in the book of Acts that I believe is going to help us see how these, things in, how these three things in particular were present in the early church and how we might be able to live it in our lives, in the life of Swerve Church. So if you have your Bibles, you can take those out, or if you have your, uh, your phones, you can follow along there, or everything's absolutely printed in your notes and on the screen. We're going to be in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Now here's what you need to know before we get into today's verse. I want to describe this to you guys. Here's what's going on. Right before we get into the verse that we're going to be reading today, uh, this is already after the time that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and for mine to pay the punishment for our sins on the cross. And he had already conquered Satan's sin and death and he rose from the grave. That's what we celebrated last weekend, right? On Easter Sunday, he rose from the grave and then he appeared to the disciples and he appeared to over 500 witnesses before eventually ascending back into heaven. But before he left, he told the disciples, hey, guys, I want you to wait for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to come and he's going to empower you to do even greater works than I did. And the Holy Spirit pours out over the believers and he empowers them. The Holy Spirit empowers them to share the gospel boldly. Okay, so right before he leaves, this is what happens. The Holy Spirit pours out. In fact, right exactly right before the verses that we're about to read, Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, he gets up in front of a bunch of unbelieving Jews and he begins to share the gospel boldly. He calls them to repent. He calls them to put their faith in Jesus and to be baptized. And we read, this is amazing and mind-boggling, we read that 3,000 people that day repent, respond, and are baptized that day. So now, what we're about to read is post the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and we're going to see exactly how the church responds, okay? And here's the first thing, if you're taking notes, this is the first thing we're going to notice is that the believers devoted themselves to each other. That's number one right there in your notes. The believers devoted themselves to God and to each other. Here's what it says. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 says this. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Four things that they devoted themselves to. Here's the first thing I want you guys to notice is the word devoted. Would you guys take your pen and circle the word right there in your notes? They were devoted now, let me explain this word real quick, because I think it's a word that we tend to look over and we don't truly understand it and very less times live it out. We don't live devotion because we live in a world that's full of quick fixes and short attention spans. So we don't tend to understand devotion too well. OK, think about this. Every year, New Year's comes around and we we create what? New Year's resolutions and goals. Right. How many of you actually follow through? You know, statistically, the chances are extremely low that by this time in the year, by April, this time of the year, the statistics are very low that you're still trying to accomplish that goal that you set out back in January. You know, we tend to start out strong, but then eventually we get tired or something comes up or we just plain old quit. Right. There's no devotion. There's no commitment. The Greek word that's translated devoted here, I'm not going to even attempt to pronounce it because I can't. But here's what it means. The Greek word that's translated devoted means this to continue. To continue steadfastly, to attend continually, to give one's self continually, to persevere, to, const to be constantly diligent. Do you guys see what I'm saying here about that word devotion? 
We can be so flaky sometimes as people, can't we? But the early church, the believers, what were they? They were what? They were devoted. They were devoted. Now, what were they devoted to? What were they devoted to? They were devoted to God and to each other. There was devotion both vertically and horizontally. There was a devotion vertically and horizontally. What does that mean? Well, the first thing that we see, Acts chapter 2, verse 42, says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. What does that mean? Well, in order to know what that means, you have to know what the apostles were teaching. What were the disciples teaching? They were teaching God's word. They were teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. The early church lived devoted to God's word. And as I read this and I, as I, as I read this and I understand that the natural question that comes to me to ask myself and to ask every single one of you today is, are you devoted to God's word? Do you have devotion to God's word? Do you make God's word a priority in your life? You know, we're living in some times where many people are very biblically illiterate. We just don't open the book and we don't read. Or we don't open the app if that's the way you read your Bible and read. Right? Where's the devotion to God's word? What did, what did the disciples do? What did the early Christians do? What did the early church do? They devoted themselves to God's word. So I want to give you guys uh, an easy way to help you engage in God's word daily. Why don't you begin a devotional or a Bible reading plan on the Bible app? Everybody has a smartphone or some kind of device at home, right? You can have the Bible 100% free on your phone and you can read. In fact, this is what I do on a daily basis. I'm reading my, uh, uh, my personal reading plan is the Bible in the year. It gives me an Old Testament, New Testament, a Psalms, and a Proverb. And within a span of 365 days, I'll be able to read through the whole Bible in a year. But there's many different types of devotionals and reading plans that you can read. Technology has made it very easy for us to be able to engage with God's Word on a daily basis. So, what's the excuse? I don't have time? Is that your excuse? Let me say this very lovingly but strongly. You have time for whatever you want to have time for. Okay? There's time to scroll through Instagram, there's time to scroll through Facebook, then there's time to scroll through God's Word, right? And there's one of the ways, we said we're going to love God, love people, serve our community. One of the ways that we love God is we love God through His Word. We love listening to the exposition of God's Word. And this is why here at Swerve, we place such a huge importance on the correct teaching of God's Word. Okay. Now, what else? We're still talking about this vertical connection. What else did they devote themselves? They devoted themselves to prayer. Prayer. This is the vertical connection here. The early church and the disciples, they would spend time in prayer. Now, what is prayer? Simply put, prayer is simply speaking with and listening to God. Think about it this way. In order for you to have a good relationship with your spouse, with your loved one, with a friend or family member, what do you need? You need good what? Good communication. Good communication. That's what prayer is. So the natural question, once again, that I ask myself and I ask you, how is your prayer life? How is your communication with God? Are you like the early church, devoted to God in prayer? Are you devoted to God in prayer? Do you present your request to God? Do you pray to God? Do you ask Him to, to for your, His blessings? Do you speak to Him daily? All right. Here's a way. Here's a practical thing that can help you. Here's an idea. And if this doesn't work out for you, throw it out and think of something else. Okay. As far as when it comes to prayer, um, what we prioritize all the time 
on our calendar. We set alarms. We put things on our calendars, on your phone, things that you that matter to you, right? Uh, for example, if there's a birthday party coming up, if there's a party to go to, if uh, if the kids have a dance recital or a game, or you know, if you're gonna go, uh, you know, on a date or a vacation or whatever, you you prioritize that stuff and you put it on the calendar, right? What if we prioritize the way we think about this, about prayer and our time with God? What if you put an alarm? Uh, what if you put on your calendar, meet with God, you know, every day at 12 p.m., at 6 a.m., all right? For you, it might be the first thing you do when you get up. Before you even take that sip of coffee in the morning, open your Bible, spend time with God in prayer. Maybe it's right before you go to bed. You block out that time. And maybe to help you to not have any excuses, why don't you calendar it? Because we calendar the things that, we, that matter most to us. And this is something that should be super important to each and every single one of us. The disciples devoted themselves to prayer. Now, but there wasn't only vertical con- devotion. What else they were? De- what else were they devoted to? Is vertical, and then what's the other one? Horizontal. There's a horizontal devotion. Now, what does that mean? Okay, vertical means our connection to God. Devotion means our connection to to people, to each other. Right? There was a devotion to one another and to other people. They were devoted to. Here's the word: relationship. They were devoted to relationship. And guys, we were never meant to do life in isolation. We were never meant to do life alone. God didn't design us that way. You were not designed that way. And, and listen, this is whether you're introverted or extroverted. Okay, that doesn't matter. Uh, introversion and extroversion is just talks about how you get your charge. Uh, for some, an extroverted person, you get charged being around people. An introverted, you get charged by being by yourself. But every single one of us have been created, designed by God for relationship. We were wired for relationship. We need relationship. Now, I didn't say it was easy. I said it's necessary. All right, look at how the early church was devoted to relationships. Look what it says, 242. It says they were devoted to the fellowship. You guys want to underline that right there? They were devoted to the fellowship. Now, let me explain that because I don't know about you, but that's not a word that I use every single day, especially if you weren't brought up in church or in a church environment. You don't really use that word much. So let me explain it to you. Now, this Greek word I can't pronounce. All right, here it is. The Greek word for, uh, for fellowship is Koinonia. Koinonia. That's the Greek word. And here's what it means. It means participation, communion, partnership, sharing in. And if there's one word that I can use to sum it all up, here's the word that I would use to describe fellowship. It's this. Community. Community. All right. And this is why community is so important to us here as a church. And so the question I ask you is this. Are you in community? Are you in community or are you doing life in isolation? Are you doing life alone? We need to do life in community. Are you seeking friendships? Are you seeking relationship? Are you seeking community? And this is why life groups, guys, are so important. Stephen just finished talking about that just a couple minutes ago. Life groups are super important to us. And in fact, we're towards the end of our spring semester. In fact, there's only three Wednesdays left. There's three Wednesdays left this semester, and you can ask anyone that's been a part of it so far, and they'll tell you how important it is. Because there's, there really is huge relational and spiritual benefits. We benefit both horizontally and vertically in life groups. We spend time praying for one another, encouraging each other, laughing together, and yes, even crying together sometimes. It's really what the Bible calls 
bearing one another burdens. And that's what we're able to do when we devote ourselves to community, relationship, to koinonia. Here's an easy next step for you, right? Everything we're talking about, I'm asking you a question. How does this apply to you? Here's an easy next step when it comes to koinonia. Super simple. On the back of your connection card, right there, it says, sign me up for Life Group or join me at Life Group this week. And this is your next step. If you want to be a part of koinonia, of community, a relationship, then you can do that. And it's such a short commitment. I mean, sometimes it's so good that people don't even want to leave the house, right? They just want to stay talking to each other and hanging out, which is beautiful, which is great, which is wonderful. That's what we want to see. Community, guys, is so important. Relationship, guys, is so important. It's never easy, and it's sometimes messy, but it's super, super important. And do you know what else we do at Life Group? I left it out on purpose. It's the one thing that we read that the uh, early church was devoted to next. What else do we do during Life Group? You guys, we eat, right? We eat. And this is, this is also an important part of the horizontal relationship. Check it out. 242, they devoted themselves to the breaking of bread. To the breaking of bread. Did you guys know that that was spiritual? Did you know that breaking bread was spiritual? And this is exactly what we do in our life groups. And in fact, if you look to the back of the room over here on my right, what you're going to notice is that there's a bunch of food back there, right? There's a bunch of food at the back. There's some bagels and chips and and juice and water and coffee and all that because we love to spend time together and eat. We love breaking bread together. And so the question I ask you is, are you devoted to breaking bread? Now, some of you guys are like, yeah, Danny, a little bit too devoted to that. And that's not what I'm talking about, okay? I'm not talking about overeating. I'm I'm just talking about sharing a meal with someone, okay? How do you do? Do you share a meal with someone? It's connected to relationship. And so once again, an easy next step for you would be to join us this Wednesday at Life Group. And I would love, love, love to see you come to Life Group. I can't believe that there's only three left, but the disciples were devoted to breaking of bread. So as a church, we're going to love God. We will love people. And that means like the early church, there's a devotion to God, right? There's a devotion to God and to each other and to others. We love God through devotion in our worship. We just sang a few songs and we sang to God and we worship and we seek him in prayer and we hear from God through God's word. And we love each other through devotion to koinonia and community and relationship and breaking bread. And look what continues to happen in verse 43, as we read in verse 43, it says this, everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. You know, everyone was amazed at the early church. Everyone was amazed at the early church's devotion to God and to one another. Guys, it is super attractive to the world when we, they see a group of people devoted to a cause such as this. It's super attractive to the world. What turns them off is when they see hypocrisy, when they see disunity, when they see a lack of passion and zeal, when they see a lack of relationship, that turns them off real quick because they can seek better relationships at a bar, right, than in the church because there's a hypocrisy and there's broken uh, friendships and relationships. But for the early church, it filled everyone with experiencing and seeing this happen with zeal and passion, right? Here's the next thing that happens. Number two in your notes is this. The believers practiced justice and mercy. The believers practiced justice and mercy. We read it like this in Acts chapter 2, verse 44 and 45. Now all the believers were together and held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had what? As any had need. Did you guys catch that? 
You know, as believers sought after God in prayer and devotion to God's word, and as they sought after each other in community and relationship, of course, it would make sense that they would reflect more and more the attributes of God, right? If you seek God, if you're devoted to God in worship and prayer, if you're devoted to relationship and community, then of course you're going to reflect God a little bit more. You see, God is merciful. God is just. And the more you seek after God, the more you begin to look like Him and reflect His attributes. Together, how beautiful it is when we can, as a community, reflect God's justice and mercy and seek out opportunities to show justice and mercy and to serve the needs of the people in our community. It's a beautiful thing when we get together to do that. We will love God, we will love people, and serve our community. You guys are a little bit asleep. That's okay. Wake up. Okay, we will love God, love people, and serve our community. Here's some ways that we've been able to do this in the past. Um, this is a park I took recently. One of the ways we love to do this is partner with the Legacy Center. They do Feed Somebody Mondays absolutely every single Monday right in front of Maria Hernandez Park on Knickerbocker Ave. And we love to partner with them to feed the homeless and to feed the homeless and the less fortunate and pretty much anybody who's hungry in the street. And, and whenever we have a team, a mission team like the guys here on the left, we love to make this our first stop so that we can give them extra hands so that we can go out and love and serve our neighbors. By the way, this is something that you can do whenever you want. Every single Monday, they are there in front of Maria Hernandez feeding the, the, the homeless and the people that are less fortunate there in the park. And you are welcome to go. You have my blessing. You don't need permission. Go. If you have a Monday off, if you don't have anything to do on a Monday, go at 12 o'clock and partner with the Legacy Center. Go and go on behalf of Swerve Church and say, hey, I'm here on Swerve Church to lend a hand today and to help you out. We love doing this. In fact, this last time that I went a couple weeks ago, I met a guy named Carlos. And Carlos came to me. He was in tears. Some of the team got to talk to him and pray with him. And he's talking to me in his broken English. And, and he's talking with tears in his eyes. And he was so overwhelmed by everything that happened, how we came and listened to him and spoke to him and how we came and fed them and cleaned up the park a little bit. And he said, I want to do that. I want to leave my life of, of hitting this liquor all the time and hanging out with these guys in the park and sleeping in the park. I want to leave my life of drunk in this and I want what you have I want to have what you have we would encourage him share the gospel with him and pray with him right there in the park those are the type of things that you can be a part of when we love and serve our community when we show justice and mercy here's another thing that we do uh, we did this recently as well we love to pack lunches for seniors we love to partner with Riceboro and uh, the Borinquen Plaza Senior Center right there on Graham and Siegel. They pack 1,400 lunches absolutely every single day. And then they deliver it to senior citizens all over Bushwick and Williamsburg and beyond. They deliver lunches to people, many of whom are extremely weak and frail and they're unable to leave their homes. And so we're able to go and lend them a hand. Oftentimes, all they have is their two or three employees packing these 1,400 lunches. And so whenever we get a team, whenever we go to volunteer, it's a big help because we can help them pack as many lunches as possible. I want to share a story of James. He's not in this picture, but James is the head honcho. As soon as you go there, that's his kitchen. He runs it and he lets you know it. You know, as soon as he gets there, he's a great guy. He's a, a big old guy with a big personality, big personality, and he loves to talk and he's super friendly and he and he runs that kitchen area. And when we go, we go to serve him. But James isn't a follower of Jesus. He's not a Christian. Sometimes he says curse words and he kind of speaks, you know, kind of out of line sometimes and such because he's not a Christian. But we are able to talk to James and we were able to uh, pray with him 
be able to show them, show him God's love, show him God's witness, and be there, hey, we're here to help you pack these 1,400 lunches so they can go out to seniors all over Bushwick, Williamsburg, and beyond. And we were able to pray with him right there and encourage him. Continue to pray for James, guys, and I pray that as we continue to go back over there and love and serve him, that he'll see the light of Jesus and respond. Here's one more thing I want to share with you. This some of you guys were a part of. This was our Easter egg hunt, our second annual Easter egg hunt. Would you guys believe that we served somewhere between 350 and 400 people at Irving Square Park? A lot of you were a part of that, and you came out to help us accomplish this. Guys, this is such a big deal. Because for one day, we were able to bring families together to enjoy a fun, a safe, a family-friendly event. We were able to do that, bring families together. Beyond that, we were able to engage many and, and have conversations with many of them. Not to mention the gospel that was shared, the gospel message that was shared to all those kids there that day. In fact, I want to tell you guys a story about um, a young lady named um, Rachel that was there. In fact, those are her two kids right there. And, and Rachel uh, was going through a difficult time. You, you'll never see Rachel. She hasn't come to church, not once. But she comes to a lot of our outreaches, and she'll show up with all her kids, with a, with a couple of her kids in a stroller. And she'll come. Even though she don't step foot through those doors, she comes to our outreaches. And she was sharing with me how difficult her life has been. In fact, just this week, she was texting me that her husband left her, beat her. He, he literally uh, put, laid hands on her and physically harmed her, took everything that she had and left her. And she's like, I don't know how I'm going to feed my kids this week, she was telling me. I don't know what I'm going to do. She came to the park that day, and she was able to share with me. We were able to, actually, on multiple occasions, we were able to pray with her and encourage her throughout that day. You know, these are the opportunities, guys, that we're able to do, and we're able to minister. We're able to accomplish this when we show justice and mercy, when we let the light of Jesus shine, when we be God's hands and feet, loving and serving our neighbors. And guys, these are just a few of the ways. These are just a few stories, some of the ways that we love to serve our neighbors. We love showing God's love in practical ways. One of the things I say all the time is that people won't care how much you know until they know how much you care. They don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. We're in a growing secular society, guys. People are more and more skeptical. And we have to show them how the gospel compels us to love them, to serve our community and the least of these. They need to see God's work in action in and through each and every single one of us. Look at what happened verse 46 and 47 as we continue reading. 46 and 47 in your verses there says this. Every day, what's the word there again? Every day they what? They... Devoted, there's that word again, every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house, right? They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. There's that word again. Why don't you circle it or put an asterisk or star right next to it? They were devoted. They were devoted. Now, what were they devoted to? To gathering together in the temple and breaking bread house to house. Gathering in the temple and breaking bread house to house. That means large group gatherings and smaller group gatherings, right? This would be akin to what we do here on Sunday gatherings and our life groups, right? Our Sunday gathering is super important because we can get together to corporately worship Jesus, to sit under the teaching of God's word, to pray for our community, to pray for our neighbors. And then our life groups are super important. Why? Because we can build relationships and we can minister to one another and we can pray for each other. Guys, both are equally important. We talk all the time about a balanced diet, don't we? Right? If all you ate were Twinkies and Ho-Hos, we would say that that's not a good diet. Do you agree? That's not a good diet, right? You vary what you eat. 
You eat every day, but you don't eat one thing. You vary what you eat. And it's the same thing with our gatherings. We don't only come to church on Sunday. We don't only do one thing. Because, because you're, only, you're getting some nutrients, and those nutrients are good, but you're missing out on so much more. You're only getting half of the balance. You're only getting half or just a portion of the diet. You're missing out on so much more. Not even to mention this. This is statistically. I'm not talking about anybody here. This is stats. You can look it up later. Go Do a Google search. Statistically, devoted Christians, people that surrender to the Lordship of Jesus, that, that have a home church, that are members in the church, that were baptized, devoted Christians are only attending church one or two times a month. That's devoted Christians are only going to church once or twice a month. That's not even to mention nominal Christians or the unchurched or the de-church or not Christian yet. And they're only going to church once or twice a month. And if, you're, if your sole spiritual diet is only going to church once a month or twice a month, then you're spiritually malnourished. Do you understand that? If you only ate once a month, you wouldn't be okay. And it's the same thing with our spiritual diet. The early Christians, guys, look, I'm not making this up. They devoted themselves to large gatherings and small gatherings, meaning it was a way of life. It was a part of their normal routine. It's the way they went about their everyday lives. All right, And as a result, because they did this, because they devoted themselves to God, because they, vertically, because they devoted themselves horizontally to relationship and each other, look at what happened, guys. I want to show you. Number three in your notes is this. The Lord added to their number those being saved. The Lord added to their number those being saved. Look at the verse, verse 47 right there, and you know, it says this. Every day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. You see, God did what only He could do and what He does best. He saved. As the early church devoted themselves to God, and as the early church devoted themselves to relationship and to each other, and as they selflessly served and sacrificed to meet the needs of others, Jesus added to the church. Jesus grew the church. And guys, this is what I want to continue to see in the life of Swerve. Not because we want to grow a big church. Not because we want to fill a lot of seats and put a lot of butts in seats. That's not why. And not because we want to be on Outreach's top 100 fastest growing churches in the U.S. No. But because we live in a dying and hurting world full of people lost in their sin that are hopeless and that are in despair because they haven't encountered the risen Christ. That's why I want to see this. I want to see, I want to experience what the disciples experience because there are people that are dying in this world without hope and without Jesus. In fact, you might be here and that may be you. You might be here and you haven't surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus, then know that I want this for you. I want you to have an encounter with the risen Christ. I pray that you would see your need for Jesus, that you would put your faith in Him. Jesus died on the cross for the punishment of your sins. He rose from the grave. And that's why we just celebrated Easter last week. Because he conquered Satan, sin, and death, and he rose from the grave. And in his death, you have forgiveness of sin, and in his life, you have newness of life. And all you have to do, and I know this is mind-boggling, I know this doesn't make any sense, but all you have to do to experience his salvation is put your faith in Jesus. And so if you're here today and you haven't done that, then I want to encourage you to do so. Would everybody take out their connection cards real quick? Take that out. You have them in your, um, in your bulletins there. On the back, 
in the front, put in misinformation as you feel comfortable. And on the back of the connection cards, there's next steps for everybody here. For example, uh, one of the next steps is join us next Sunday. We're going to be kicking off a brand new series called This Is Us, all about uh, family and work and parenting. And, and I would love for you to be a part of that next week. Maybe that's your next step. Uh, maybe it's to join us in life group because you want to experience that koinonia. You want to experience that community. Then your next step, check that off. We will follow up with you, give you the address, give you more information. If you have questions, put it there on the prayer request and we'll get back to you. But for some of you, if you're here today and you've never surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus, then I want you to check off right there, make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. I'm not going to force you to do this, of course. and I'm not going to tell you to raise your hand. I'm not going to call you to the front. I want, this is a decision between you and God. If you're going to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, check that off. And then here's what we're going to do as a church. When we get your connection card, we're going to follow up with you. We're going to celebrate with you. We're going to pray with you. And we want to put a Bible in your hand if you need one. And we want to be your family. We want to be your family that helps you walk along in your relationship with Jesus. So if that's you, then I encourage you to do that today. Would you guys join me in prayer? Lord, I pray that, that we might see revival in Bushwick the way the early church saw revival. I pray that we may see many people saved by your grace and the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray that we as a church, that we may be devoted to you and to each other. Help us grow in our devotion to you through prayer and through your word. Help us grow in devotion to each other in relationship and in community. Lastly, God, I pray that you would help us to be your hands and your feet, showing the love of God and sharing the gospel with our neighbors, with our community, with our friends, and with our family. God, thank you that I can celebrate two years with this church, with everybody that's here today. God, we are infinitely grateful and thankful. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.